Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. My name's Lloyd, and I get to serve as a pastor here to this community, so I'm glad you're here this morning. And uh, for all of you, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You're supposed to say, and unto you. Thank you. Not very liturgical here, are we? I have... uh, it's so funny. I almost hate to break the rhythm with announcements. It's like there's a there's a real intense uh, uh, presence and flow here this morning that that is sweet. But I got I have to do an announcement legally. I have to do this announcement. So our annual meeting is October twenty eighth. Okay, it's it's five p.m. here, and we really need you to come. So this community is in a time of transition, and uh, so some of the things I have to say with that, so I said I didn't really want to break the rhythm, but I need to, so the bottom has dropped out on our finances, okay? We have people have moved away or in the process of moving away, and that will affect finances, and so it's an important meeting, and we need your help. Uh, The elders will be meeting next Sunday. And we, as a community, need to decide what, uh, what we're supposed to do about that. I mean, the Lord's speaking some things to my heart uh, regarding that, but it goes from everything. I think the best thing, and this is what I'm feeling, we need to sort of have a, a one-month one plan and a three-month plan and a six-month plan and reevaluate and of what we are, who we want to be, what direction we want to take, if we want to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, if we want to be a community, then what does that mean? You know, and uh, now we're a grace community, so there isn't this sense of obligation and duty, but with any community, there is a sense of responsibility. Like, you're going to have family, like, you can't have three kids and go, okay, you guys take care of yourselves. It doesn't work that way. I mean, duh. It doesn't work that way. And so we need to and we need to talk about it openly and honestly. And you guys know that's a little uncomfortable for me. When I talk about money, I want to bless you. Um, but it means, you know, it'll be a dramatic. Uh, I met with Carrie, who's the treasurer this week, and it means a dramatic and very effective uh, occurrence to my uh life, and it'll mean uh, if we're able to continue and bring our spending into line with what the budget will need to be, it'll mean $1,000 a month less. Uh, If if you can imagine that as your family, that's a little suck air time, like, uh, it's one thing to to reduce it, uh, you know, by a certain percentage, but to reduce it that much is uh, that. I'm not worried, and I'm not fearful 
though I have anxiety about it. I mean, nobody wants to go, oh, yay, we're going to live on $1,000 less a month. Well, God's been good to us, and I don't have any, like, he's not going to take care of us. And I've been doing this a long time, so I don't have that kind of fear, but I do have anxiousness about it. But we need to decide as a, as a community of believers who we are, where we're going, how we want to go there. I am not, and this hasn't ever been built on this. New Day wasn't started this way. I'm not the guy who goes, the Lord said this, and we're supposed to go here, and now you come and plow my field that the Lord showed me that we're going to do. It, it just hasn't happened. I, I don't believe in that anymore. And so 13 years ago, it didn't start that way. It started with what are our shared values, and out of shared values come a shared vision. And that's the way I would do it. So I can do it the old way and try and do it without you guys, and that sounds pretty weird. Kind of boring and kind of selfish and kind of helpless. I need help, and we need help, so we got to decide together. So yes, pray for the elders, and I believe in spiritual authority, I believe in eldership, and we have that in place, but I also believe in the wisdom of the body. I don't think you have to have, be an elder, that you're suddenly you're an elder and now you have more wisdom. Ask the elders among us, they'll tell you it didn't work that way. We need, we need our body to be our body, including in the wisdom and knowing what to do and where to go. Because I don't want to go without you. I just don't. I don't want to go with the people that go, nah, we're not going. I don't want to do that. Well, then neither do I. <laughs> I'm that kind of leader. Like, I will be very open, very honest. So you need to think about if you've never been to an annual meeting. I know it says business. Um, that was a typo. It's just supposed to say annual meeting. Uh, and... Uh, the idea of a business meeting is like, oh, no, they're going to talk money. Uh, it's the bylaws in our church government that we talk about it, and it's actually the bylaws at the quorum of people that are there either give us, you know, yes to the budget or no to the budget. So this, it's important, and especially in a time of transition, it's important. Now, if any of you know what a woman acts like when she's in transition giving birth, or if you are a woman and you did that and you remember that primordial scream coming out of you uh, to bring forth a child, we're in transition, so they're, you know, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the same token, I, I guess part of it's the way I'm wired. So, someone wants to be make it light and humorous so we can talk about it. Here's the other thing. This is really serious. It's really serious. I'm, I'm 67. We need, we, need, we need to look at what an exit strategy looks like. We need to look at what goes next, who goes next, what happens over the next three years. We need to talk to each other. You need to be praying this week. We have an elders meeting next Sunday. You need to pray this week in all earnestness. You also need to pray over your finances and say, what can I give? What have I been given? Should I give more? I don't feel that's from the Lord. We don't, I don't do a legalistic everybody needs to tithe. I don't talk that way. 
I believe that giving is a relationship between you and God. I tithe. Now, that's not a, it's just what I chose to do years ago, and I've never left it. I just didn't leave it. So people have said, why would the pastor tithe into the finances that he's getting as a paycheck? It's like trying to repay yourself in some sort of weird way. There is a blessing that happens with giving, and it's relational, and that's what I've always believed, and so I've engaged in that. So pray over that, too. Pray over, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I not supposed to be doing this? If I am, what is it? What, how, what are my responsibilities, and where do they lie within a church body? Yeah. So can I say a prayer over that? And you, if you'll agree with me, begin to pray. It's a Sunday at the end of the month. Last Sunday, there's not a, I don't think there's a Chiefs game. Is that why we did it that Sunday? Or there's, it's an early game? It's an early game. So you can, that's to release you to come at five. Yes, Tony. No, it's not a potluck. It's, it's chew on numbers and chew on ideas. So no potluck, just come. Five o'clock, we should be done. We're normally done within an hour. For those of you that have come to that meeting, I don't like long meetings either. So I do like to talk, but I don't like long meetings. I like to listen. Any other questions, comments? Okay, Jesus, we hold our community before you and we say, we know it's precious in your sight. Lord, there were way too many miracles in its inception and how it got birthed and the, the road that it's traveled. So it's in your hands, so we as people, we lean into you and we trust you. Lord, we so like each other. We so have been able to help each other. I really believe that you would like it if it continued. So we yield our hearts, our thoughts, bring ideas, drop nuggets in where we need them, just to hear each other and to pray for each other. Remind us to pray and help us. I pray for everybody's finances, that blessing upon blessing, the new covenant promise of blessing, which would be unto each home, each representation here. In Jesus' name, amen. The other thing I need to say is many of you do already give regularly. I want to say thank you. You give like you, you do that electronically and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. It's really a way, instead of depending on every Sunday, Sunday of what happens with a, with a giving basket. We don't pass a basket here. There's an offering box in the back. But thank you for the way you do that and uh, the faithfulness. It is not taken for granted, I assure you. I don't take it for granted, and Brenda doesn't take it for granted. The elders don't take it for granted. So it's good. Yeah. Sure. Okay. (laughs) And I feel a little funny saying this, because, you know, we came back from Uganda. We came back to Kansas City in January, and we've kind of felt like a fish out of water, but I don't, John Lynch said something a few weeks ago. He said when he goes to most churches, he wants to yell, run! (laughs) And our family, we have visited a lot of churches. And when he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Like, 
Um, we even thought about, should we go to a different church when we came back? Because our kids needed more of a youth group. And, and we tried that. And the church was great. And we have, seriously, I can't tell you anything. It was this, but the Lord's like, New Day is your home. And we both, Chad and I were both like, and I haven't, very few people know this, so I'm telling, but Chad and I were like, we both want to be at New Day. We've been here from the very first night. I think it's us and Carrie Rowe. We were in the Rindle's backyard when it started. And I don't want to find another church. I'm just being honest. I don't want to find another church. And I'm just saying, and I don't know what it's going to take, but I think there's, myself included, the Spencer family, we need to go home and pray this week and just look at everything and say, how can I be involved? You know, I, I was even getting the word manager, as Lloyd was talking, that there's somebody in this room that has managerial gifts. It's not me. I hate asking for money. I felt your pain. It's, I, I hate it. My husband's great at it. I hate it. And we lived by faith for years, so I know. But there's somebody in here, God's gifted you with real wisdom on how to make things work. And That's Carrie Rowe, by right. the way, who has no. been doing it. I know, Carrie Rowe, I'm not dissing you, but there's somebody that, um, please, that's not my heart. I know that. So, But I just felt like in this moment, I've never thought this thought, there's somebody in here that you kind of are gifted. And, yeah. Yeah. Use all the help. Yeah. Right. And I didn't mean that, Carrie, please. Yeah, yeah no, I don't mean, no, I no, I don't mean that. Yeah. Um, that was just the word I heard, manager. I, I, don't know. I think it's the right word, and Carrie would go, yes, help me. Because everything that she does with the books, she does voluntarily. It's, it's like, this has been, and she, she's my oldest living daughter is what we call her in our family. My kids call her Aunt Carrie. Uh, she has power of attorney over my finances, so she can take $3 and go to Las Vegas. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. I was just thinking transition brings forth a baby. You know, and I don't want to find another church either. If a church didn't teach grace and the love of God, and I haven't seen anything else in Kansas City, I don't know how I could go to church. I'd have to invite you all to my house. So this is not good. And (laughs) anyway, you know, Lloyd and I are very transparent, and we're going to put out there, the honesty of it. And if you have been pastored here and you have been loved and you have gotten truth and you do own this as your church home, think about that, what that means and what it will look like if you don't have it. Because we have given, Lloyd and I, this will be our fourth pay cut. And they're, none of them were little and we're not getting younger but we still got a whole lot of giddy up in us. I'm not saying we're backing down, but I am saying we need support. We need our arms held up. We need you to be at church. If you ever question whether you need to come on a Sunday or not, I'm telling you right now, encouragement means the world because I can't tell you how many Sundays we go home and go, were there 50 people there? And I watch him prepare Weekly, I watch him listen to God. We pray together. We, we, have, um, we have this from God as caretakers. So it's not like we're going, meh, what do we say this week? 
It's not like that. We have suffered loss because we have held this message of grace to be the truth. And it takes a party to have a party, you know? So, yes, if you question whether to come to church or not, yes. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You're sending a message to the powers of darkness, to your children, and to the world about how you value your time and what you will spend it on. There, that's all I'm going to say. Well, the, I so appreciate what you shared, Sarah, because it's, we have some like junior high kids and, and teenagers that they, we, need, we need help. We have a transition with children's ministry, and Danny Breen's taken over with that. She's going to be talking about what's coming. We're, I think going back to a more traditional, somewhat of a traditional model of children's ministry, Chris. Uh, I think yeah, I would like to do that. Yeah. People need to know that. Yeah. Oh, we'll just have yes. somewhat of an annual <laughs> meeting. <Yeah. laughs> now, you can give electronically by going to our website, newdaykc.org. There's a there's a giving page. Make a donation, a place, and you can set it up to one time gift or as a recurring gift. Um, you just look, click the link that says make a donation. Um, the other way to do it is if you have online bill paying through your bank, you can set up to pay a bill to New Day and they will just mail us a check. And so there's a, there's a lot of people who do that too, so we just get a check in the mail. That's extremely helpful like in the winter when weather's bad and you know on occasion if we have to you know, not meet on a Sunday because it's really snowy or icy. Um, that helps considerably because then we still have money coming in on a regular basis, either electronically or through those checks that come through the banks. So, yep. Another thing you can do, because it, you know, it's, uh, and this isn't a diminishing of anything, but people have had like, why don't you guys find a cheaper building? We can't find one. Th th this is a cheaper building. <laughs> This, this is that, you know, there's people that go, well, go to a school. One, schools don't like to do it with churches anymore, with not-for-profits. The school boards are very reluctant. When they do, they charge to make money because they have to pay for insurance for you to be there and everything else. And so they want, the cheapest one I last found was $1,100 for a weekend. And that means carting stuff in and carting it out. That's no cheaper than here. We pay, we pay $5,000 a month for this and have all the classroom space and all that. So we can't, they, Daniel Academy has blessed us in that we get this building for what other people are doing with renting a hall and then taking stuff in and taking stuff out. So that, that one's there, but there's other ideas that we can think through and, and think changes and think how we do this, what we do this, and just pray. So this is, so I'll read Jesus calling to you from this morning because it's so appropriate. And I've been praying, so I want to share with you, you know, um, I have a really good track record with hearing the Holy Spirit, and those of you who have been with me a number of years, you understand that. And so, yeah, he doesn't stay silent during those times, especially when I'm wailing. <laughs> Help! Um, 
so this is from October 7th. How many of you read Jesus Calling? Yeah, it's, uh, some people see it as, as uh, tell you what, the Lord has used it in my life and Brenda's life over and over again. And uh, this morning is no different, so I think it's a word for our church body this morning. In order to hear my voice, you must release all your worries into my care. Entrust to me everything that concerns you. This clears the way for you to seek my face unhindered. Let me free you from fear that is hiding deep inside of you. Sit quietly in my presence, allowing my light to soak into you and drive out any darkness lodged within you. And that darkness doesn't mean sin. It means the darkness of anxiety and feeling alone. Accept each day just as it comes to you, remembering that I am sovereign over your life. Rejoice in this day that I have made, trusting that I am abundantly present in it, instead of regretting or resenting the way things are. Thank me in all circumstances. Trust me. Don't be fearful. Thank me and rest in my sovereignty. Would you pray with me? Lord, we trust you right now. Every area of our life, including our church family here, we put it down again, that big flag of trust that we decided to go on a journey with you. We just do it as a church body now. We trust you. We love you. We receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if we can, it will help me if you put that slideshow up. So, um. This doesn't, it's not, this isn't just about what I just shared with you about New Day and everything this morning. So, um, should be the PowerPoint one. Okay. Um, Carrie, help. So let me, I've been praying as you have in a lot of things, and there's a lot of things happening within our society now. We all, oh, there we go. Yeah. And, you know, the season in our country, and I don't don't speak about politics, uh, mostly because it's just self-protection. I don't want to get massacred. Uh, but our political landscape today, and, and I want to honor everybody who has different views in our church body. Our society, but here's the thing, our moorings feel a little, do you know what moorings are? If you're a fisherman, you understand what moorings are. They're the, they're the thing driven into the seabed that allows you to, to stay in harbor. Our ideas, our ideals, they're all being brought into play. They're all being... Uh, thoughts that I have. My own thoughts are challenging my own thoughts. No matter how much you try and avoid getting pulled in to any of it, uh, whether you want to voice an opinion or not or let your thoughts get out to others, when you do, it seems to produce a dose of anxiety. Because none of us want to walk through life being the person that brings offense to other people, but ideas are running into ideas and offenses are happening. 
And then your anxiety gets mixed with a dose of concerns, responsibilities, uh, moral thoughts, and moral obligations. More, all of that stuff just seems to be... Is anybody else feeling that? Like you... you uh, and then you're, I'm adding on to that, like you do, my family. Uh, and, and the pressure's there. My children... My, my, other fa- my other family just lost a family member. It's all that. So my own thoughts about family. And then church. My other family. And it's like... <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not a fearful person. And I like to go, I'm not, I mean, I believe in this message of grace. He's got me. You know, there's no more singing Tom Petty. You know, I'm not free-falling anymore. You know? Uh, and, I, and I'm not feeling like a refugee. I feel like a blood-bought son of God <laughs> and I proclaim it, and I know my identity in Christ, and I'm secure. And then he goes, yeah, but you have some anxiety, kiddo. I'm going, no, I don't. I'm not afraid of nothing. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's talk. So that's, that was my prayer time Monday. Yeah, let's talk. And so I just started taking, you know, I had about 15 to 20 needs. Do you have those? You have needs that you want to pray about? And so I was holding my needs before the Lord. Uh, Because of all the things in the years of being involved in part of the prayer movement and all that, I know how to pray. I mean, this isn't like, I I don't know what to say here, Lord. Uh, yes, I do. I know how to pray. I know the language of prayer. I've been doing this a long time. Not a novice, not a kid. And uh, I started holding them before me, and I hold, heard inside of me the Holy Spirit's voice. And each thing that I held before him, he answered the same way. And you're going to tie it into what just happened here with God calling. I didn't look ahead, by the way. That just happened this morning. I read it. And he said this. Rest your hope fully upon me. So I went, oh, okay. You know, that was the first request. I lifted the second one. Same thing. Rest your hope fully upon me. Now, sometimes he was more emphatic. Sometimes it was sweet. Sometimes it was pretty loud, uh, if you know how the Lord can be. And it was like, wait a minute. I'm, you know, I'm not stupid. Uh Wait a minute, there's something I'm not, I'm not really wrapping my arms around and getting a hold of with you, even though I can teach it and say it, it's not the ownership in my soul right now. It feels like it's running through my fingers and down on the ground. And I have discouragement. Uh, I don't even like that word, because that means I, don't, I lack courage now. I don't want to make that proclamation over my identity, and I want to say the right thing, but darn it, I'm discouraged. Uh, disappointed, disillusioned, disillusionment I heard this weekend. That's a really good thing if you have disillusionment because that means you don't have any illusions anymore. And I used to live by the book of illusions and the book of equations, and I sort of took them out of my New Testament now. So, And I don't go to those books anymore. Um, but as I, as I meditated on it, I went, okay, I know when the Lord's trying to get something into me. So I just meditated, went back home, and I turned to this scripture, and 
I wasn't thinking about any other scripture, but it's 1 Peter 5, 6. And he says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I used to sing a song about that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't mean he can't devour you. He's seeking who, who, who can he devour up with anxiety and pain and hurt and discouragement. And he says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, what? May the God of all grace who called you, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, I've always been taught and told that suffering's really good for you because that means God's trying to get a hold of you and he's going to allow you to go through really mean, bad things so he can straighten your life out. No, we just heard from John Lynch. God has no intention of breaking you. Stop it. You're already broken. Every intent in God's heart is to heal you, care for you, watch over you, lead you into things. Does that come with discipline? Of course, yes, but kick out that word chastisement. I got to even hear that one again this morning because we're so familiar with it. God chastises. That was the worst English word possible of that Greek translation. How do you know that? Because I've studied it. And chastisement meant to be beat with a whip. That's where we get the word chastise. When it says chastisement, that was a form of, of corporal punishment that led to death. It meant you were a criminal and you had to be punished. The word discipline is much different than that. Different, discipline implies instruction and help. It's like a, a teacher coming alongside you and say, hey, you're, you're not getting this math equation. I wish I would have had a math teacher like that. You're not getting this equation right. Let me help you with this. That's that word in the Greek, discipline. It means to instruct you so that you can get things okay and right. So when you hear that word, kick it, please. I know it's hard because they're so familiar with that old word and we were raised on it. Please kick that word out of your vocabulary. God disciplines those he loves. That means he may say no. Strongly. But God is not going to beat you with the whip. Let me say that. Strongly. That's not the idea of who he is or how he does things. And I was raised on that, and yeah, I got some attitude with it, because it's wrong. It's not good. It's led to a lot of stuff. So I prayed through this, and I go, oh, he cares for me. Isn't that a delightful thought? Through all my, even when I deny that I have anxiety over the anxiety I have. Because that's what, I mean, come on. That's what was happening with me. I'm going... God, I don't have anxiety over that. I even said it to Brenda. I'm not fearful. I'm not anxiety. I don't have anxiety over this. I'm just have some stuff going on. The Lord says, that's anxiety. 
Buddy, just stop wearing the mask with me. You're anxious. Let me speak into your anxiety. I care for you. I want to come beside you when you're anxious. You're not bad because you're anxious. And you're not out of faith because you're anxious. You're anxious because you're anxious. And circumstances aren't the best. I mean, if you have a house that floods, the rain concerns you a little bit. I have a basement that leaks. I woke up at 4 a.m. going, oh, my gosh, you just opened up the floodgates again. Oh, Lord, help me in my basement. And I was okay. Some were not okay. And then, as I was reading, I was going, huh, wait a minute, that's a verse someplace. You know how you go, wait a minute, that's a, what he said to me is a verse. Duh, it was in First Peter too. And so I put up like six different versions, just so you can see the nuance, about, uh, because he was so pressing on me. And he, and he was like, uh, so leaning into me, you know. Rest your hope fully upon me. And it just felt like that. And I was going, what? So I looked at it. I kept, went back in Peter, and there it was, jumping out at me. Just Have you ever had it where it just goes, boing? Now it's in bold and italics and flashing red neon light. Wink, wink, wink. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. By the way, it's a whole phrase that means something that we we don't study very much. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon... Oh my gosh, he's such a grace guy. He is so filled with it. On the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Rest your hope fully on that. So here's the grace preacher going, oh, I need more grace. You know, you want to say it like John Lynch. You want to say it with an Irish broke. He thinks he's speaking with an Irish lip, but he's actually got more of a Scottish broke with it. So there, that was for you, John. So you start looking and go, what does this really mean? So when that happens, like when the Lord gives you a scripture, start looking at it in lots of different translations. Because translating Greek into English, the reason that that we struggle with it is a very difficult thing. It has more tenses. They have more tenses than the English language. So, and then they have more voices. It can be passive or active voice. And so it's a very difficult language to change something, you say, well, the old King James was the best one. It's always good for me. Well, Grandpa, okay. But there's other versions that can give you insights into the nuances of the meanings of the word. So look at this from the Phillips. So brace up your minds. And as men who know what they're doing, rest the full weight of your hopes on the grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ reveals himself. And this isn't a talking about the end of the age. This means the revelation or the, the apocalypsis, the, the unveiling of who Christ is. So this isn't an end time scripture. This is a scripture about God wants to reveal himself to you. That's stunning. Rest the full weight of your hopes. 
I sort of like hope and I sort of like don't. Like I hope it doesn't hurt when I go to the dentist. It's kind of, you know, and then, wait a minute, what am I really hoping in? And, and, and I've gone through this with my son. Am I hoping in changed circumstances in life? Am I hoping in God? Because those are two different very different things. And then hope, we always talk about in this glorious thing, but hope stings a little bit, you know? When you've lost hope in the past, do you understand? Some of you are nodding. You know, to hope again means to take another risk. And, like, I got about 20 bruises back here where I hoped for something different. And I wish the bruise would go away, but I still kind of carry it. When I sit the wrong way, it hurts. So keep looking, NIV. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Get a plan in your heart. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Keeps taking it back. Here's the one common in these. There's nuances in what it means But the common is fully that Jesus Christ wants to reveal more of himself to you, to me. Jesus wants to make himself known in my life. And this isn't just about society and church. This is about you and what you're going through right now. The anxiety that you have. That's what he was trying to get into me. No, 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 buddy. You're saying a lot of good words and it sounds good. And you're not just whistling in the dark. I know who you are. You're my kid. I love you. But you got some anxiety. There's three more. The Lexham English Bible. Therefore, when you've prepared your minds for action, being self-control, put your hope completely in the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I struggle with that completely word. Fully makes more sense to me, but completely? That means I'm seeing beginning to end if something is complete. You see the nuances in this language? The Weymouth. By the way, it's a great translation to read. Therefore, gird up your minds and fix your hopes calmly and unfalteringly upon the boon that is soon to be yours. That means, hang on, baby, something good is coming. Don't you like that? At the reappearing of Jesus Christ. He shows up in your life. Guess what? That's boon down. That's all the promises of God are yes and amen. That means he's got something right around the corner. Do you need an around the corner movement? He's got something right around the corner that is going to bless your socks off. That's what Boone means. He's not just going to take care of you. He's going to take well care of you. He knows who are his. You can rest your hope into that. This is Paul saying in Philippians, I know who I am believed in, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that. So I, here, here's the question we always get asked in church, but is God good? All grace people need to be going, yeah, he's good. And when we do, 
Um, I was talking with him last week. He was sharing the gospel of grace with some people who went, no, God's not that good. Are you kidding me? Oh, you too sang about it. God is real, but is he good? Well, then we have a whole society of people go, yeah, I believe in God. I'm just not sure what he's like. Listen, grace people know what he's like. My sins have been removed from me. I'm a righteous man on the earth. God's pretty good because I know what I was, and I'm not that anymore. The, oh, I can't remember what NCV stands for. Uh, New Century Version. So prepare your minds for service and have self-control. That keeps coming up. All your hope should be for the gift of grace. That will be yours when Jesus Christ is shown to you. So if God shows up, guess what you're going to get? gift of grace full measure of grace every time so do i have anxiety over the church yeah but you know what's coming the gift of grace this helps my heart and so i'll do this quickly i'll do i do it all like in in five minutes but you need to leave here today with this gird up the loins of your mind it's like what heck is that okay how many of you are horse people okay gird up your saddles what's it mean gird the cinch up what do you do with the horse oh when you're trying to cinch up the saddle <clears throat> you want them to take a breath so, sudden change. You have to do that with your mind. You have to burp it. You're cinching up a saddle. That's what it means. To gird up. Now, think of the image of this. We all know, you know, we get kids with us. This is the loins. Okay, this is considered in, in old warfare in man-to-man combat. I'll put it that way. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic. This was the strength of a man. It's the loins. It's, it's, it's your midsection, the, your thighs. And you're supposed to, so this is, this is actually speaking of your mind, the loins of your mind, the reproducing imagination that occurs in your mind needs to be cinched up. Don't let your mind run away with false images, the imaginations that can come. For God has not given us a spirit of imagination, but of power and love and a sound mind. Tighten the belt. Where am I thinking wrong? Tighten the the belt of truth? Tighten the belt. Kick the horse in the belly. Get him to expel some air. Sometimes you got to kick yourself. It says in Colossians 3.1, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not of things on earth. How do you see what's going on in your life right now? Now I asked you to pray. How do you see New Day? You'll only see it 
well from a heavenly perspective. You have to, and you have to gird yourself up for that. So this was, the, this was a fun one. Rest your hope fully. You go, oh, take a break, right? That is not what rest your hope means. Rest your hope does mean, ah, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. That is not what that means. If you're doing yard work and you rest the lawn against the, rest the rake, you're raking the lawn, you rest the rake against the garage, what does that mean? You leaned it against it. That's why that kept coming up in that translation. It doesn't mean, oh, don't worry, it'll be okay. That's like a platitude. You need to take your hope. Hope is the seeing a desired good end. It has to do with the promises of God over your life. It means take all that which he's done before, all that which you know now, and all that which is coming, I'm going to pick on Josiah, and lean it against the Lord. Lean it against the new promises. I mean, stop working at it yourself. Try, quit trying to figure it out. Lean it against me. Rest it on me. Let me have it. And that's what I got from him Monday. He wouldn't say, will you quit praying that, Pee Wee? He didn't say that. To rest your hope fully upon me. Lean, lean into me. Don't you like that about him? Look, hope expresses, the word hope here expresses two different things. The completeness of its activity in the soul. That's what hope means, the Greek word. This is a hope that brings the soul into alignment with where in Romans God says, I am the God of all hope. So it takes my hope and aligns it with God's view of hope. Isn't that incredible? And it also, the word stresses the character of those who do hope more than the actions. So hope characterizes them showing what sort of person they are. It's not saying, young lady, you are bad for having anxiety. You are, you are losing your faith, and it's up to you to keep your faith. Now straighten up and walk according to God. It's not what it's saying at all. It's not, it's not saying you've lost faith, what's wrong with you. It's saying, this is who I know you to be. Put your hope in me. It's just the opposite. We've been taught such jabberwocky. Words that say stuff and don't mean anything. This is what hope does. It gets us to see it differently. You leaning your hope on, on God gets you to see it from a different perspective. And then it says, seeing something means to look at it. So this is what Hebrews 12 says. The great chapter on discipline starts out with this. I'll close with this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now this is a writer, I think it was Paul, telling the readers and himself. He's going, look, 
Look, you guys, there's so many people that are watching us right now that have gone before us. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on, that are observing, wishing everything that they know to be true of God now because they're beholding him face to face and they're wishing that for you. It says, let us lay aside every weight. Now it's talking about anxieties here. It's not talking about the bad stuff you do. And the sin, because I can sin out of my anxieties. Whatever is not of faith is sin. I can, I can, I can do sinful behavior with it. <sighs> Laying aside every weight and sin which so e- easily ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everything he did was for me. That's who I'm to look at. When I have anxieties, I actually did the right thing Monday. I went and prayed. He wasn't saying, hey, come on, get in faith. He said, no, you're looking to me. Here's what I have to say. Rest your hope. Fully upon me. Fully upon my grace. God doesn't reveal anything to you outside of his grace. That's why it says rest, that this is what you get for that. Rest hope fully upon the grace that is revealed to you. I don't know what anxious thoughts you're going through. I don't know what fear of the future, maybe it's the country, maybe it's your personal life, maybe you're maybe you're with me and it's new day. I'm going to lean. I'm going to lean. You need to lean. You know what happens when you're leaning? You're out of balance and you're dependent on the thing that you're leaning on. Stand up. Raise yourself up on your own two feet. That's stupid. Another book of illusion thing. Lean. Lean into God. Did God save you? Lean into it. Has God been good to you? Lean into it. Has God disciplined you? Lean into it. Through it all. Lean. I want to pray for us right now. And, uh, oh, well, game's being recorded anyway, and most of you don't like them. Most of the people that are here sort of care about football, but if they care enough, they've got it DVR'd, so they're okay. I did. That's me. God of all hope, you so identify yourself with our hope and we fully fully try to open our eyes and realize you are hoping in us we're your inheritance we're your precious ones you're we're your son and daughter you don't think of us without hope and you don't have hope with anxiety nope it says no shadow of turning no worry no fear, you're not worried about tomorrow, you know everything that's going to happen. 
Lord, we say with the psalmist, whom have I in heaven but you? You're my cause. You're my reason. You're my family. You're my finances. You're my church. You're my employment. You're my travel. You're my grandchild. Lord, I don't know what your disciples felt like a long time ago when you looked at him and said, are you going to leave too, knowing they were going to leave? You want us to look and go, yeah, I'm capable of leaving. And with faith, I say, where can we go, Lord, but to you? You have the words of life. We say the same stuff they did. Your hope will never abandon us, even when we want to abandon it. Amazing. So we trust and we cast our cares on you. Right now, if you can see yourself doing that, cast your care on him. Right now, see yourself doing it. Cast your care upon him. For he cares for you. You are precious in his sight. You are his son. You are his daughter. Why would he ever stop? Nothing, nothing this world can do can withhold his goodness from being revealed to you. And I bless you with that. In Jesus' name, may the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all, in you all this entire week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen?